0: This is a podcast about betting on sports, which is something you can do to try and make money. One important thing to know is that this podcast is not going to be the reason you get rich from sports betting. To repeat, we are not going to get you rich. There's sleazeballs abound all over the internet, who we'll be happy to take your money to chase that lie. Here at Best, we might make you a little bit less awful of a better if you're lucky. Bet at your own risk. Don't bet more than you can afford to lose. And Godspeed. Welcome back. Value to listeners. Coming at you. Wednesday, September 29th. Where are we at, Mr. J. Swa? Catch me up.
1: What's happening? We are uh, three weeks down of the National Football League season. Uh, we're almost at an October. Probably the best month of sports in North America. I mean, you got WNBA playoffs uh, and a couple other things going on. But no better time to be alive. How about yourself, Rob?
0: I'm loving it, dude. I'm loving it. I had a good Wednesday. Weather's getting nice here. I got no complaints.
1: Yeah, we're kind of going in opposite directions. We, we're having our last uh, of good weather and you're finally um, you know, having tolerable weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, pretty jealous. We actually have a nice weather. The fall is by far the best season uh, to come visit the beautiful mid-Atlantic area. Uh, and then I think Phoenix takes over for probably the next eight to nine months of being mm-hmm. better weather than, yep. than we have here. So uh, so yeah, good on you. Good on you. But uh, this isn't a weather podcast. This is a sports betting s- slash NFT podcast. Oh, it uh, is? Yes. Oh. Yeah, yes. Um, so first and foremost, we're going to go over Survivor. We only had one person lose this week. Um. I don't even know who the person was. They did pay, uh, not that we use real money, of course, but they did pay. I think they were a friend of a friend, but they had the Chiefs who lost uh, to the Chargers on a last second uh, upset there. Probably the game of Chiefs should have won, but uh, the Chargers turned the Chiefs over, I think, three times when the Chiefs were about to score in the Chargers' possession. And turnovers are very important in the game of football, uh, so that cost them... Uh, I'm still around. Rob told me I can't make fun of him for losing week one anymore, so I'm not going to do that. But uh, I, I'm still in the survivor, and if you if your entry beats mine, I send you the five uh, Monopoly dollars. Uh, this week I'm going to go with the Bif- uh, Buffalo Bills, who are 16-point favorites against the Houston Texans. Uh, I think some other possible selections are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New England Patriots. I've already used the Bucks, so I can't use... Tampa Bay, but I think they have a real good chance of beating the Patriots this weekend. Uh, a riskier one would be the Bengals on Thursday night. So tomorrow night, we tape this on Wednesday, uh, hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars as seven-and-a-half-point favorites and the New Orleans Saints hosting the New York Giants as seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Saints post-breeze look really weird with Jameis Winston. They are now a... Um, run-the-ball-and-play defense team instead of a kind of throw-the-ball-down-the-field offensive attack, uh, which is actually reduces the variance. It's a, it's a more predictable, uh, at least comparatively, type of game. So that kind of bodes itself for Survivor, but uh, I'm just going to take the Bills and advance the next week, let some more injuries occur, uh, just the hashtag survive and advance. Any thoughts on any of that, Rob, and who are you going to go with this week?
0: Dude. Layup of a joke. He's going to recycle this, I think, for 17 weeks of the NFL season. I have been eliminated. Uh, no, let's get to the real games, dude. Uh,
1: well, before the real games, let's oh, talk God. about let's, let's talk about oh, God. your favorite topic. Oh, God. Oh, uh, Dapper Labs, creator of NBA Top Shot, as well as Crypto Kitties, uh, announced a partnership with the NFL and the NFL Players Association. Uh, where both the NFL Players Association and the NFL uh, are vested now in Dapper Labs uh, to create the NFTs for the NFL. So, big announcement. Um, I, you know, idiots like myself are very excited for this, just looking for other ways to throw my money away, uh, ignore my loved ones in my life. Uh so I'm I'm ecstatic. Rob, what are your thoughts about this? Questions. I think you said you had a quote for me about NFTs. I'm I'm dying to hear it uh before I give you my uh argument for NFTs.
0: I'm not going to give any personal opinion yet. I'm going to I'm going to wait for you to spew some nonsense before I respond to it, but uh I'm going to read you a quote from Mary Beth's Beanbag World Monthly, which was a monthly magazine about uh, Bean bags, uh, beanie babies, and such. Uh, September 1999 issue. Ty Warner, if you are listening, wrote Mary Beth Sibeliuski herself in the 1999 issue, September of her Beanbag World Monthly. There are simply too many beanie babies on store shelves everywhere.
1: That's okay, it. that's the well, quote. What's that got to do with NFTs?
0: They are infinitely replicable. This is a supply and demand game. This is the the thing that you have just said is that more supply is coming online in the form of NFL JPEGs. There is, uh, in my opinion, eventually an end to demand, similar to how there was for Beanie Babies in 1999 because they made too much supply.
1: Yeah, that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh, my argument for NFTs is all they have to be come like the absolute floor. The worst case scenario for them is they just have to become the sports card market. They just need to become what sports cards are. And that's already a estimated between a five to $15 billion industry. Um, similar to the Pokemon, uh, market. Now I'm, I'm just talking about sports cards, uh, with that estimate, but obviously Pokemon, uh, has seen a resurgence so has sports cards during the pandemic uh, or pandemic as I like to call it. And uh, they, I mean, I remember when Pokemon cards first came out and how big they were, obviously as a kid before having any other attachment other than everyone else is doing this, I want to do it. Um, and while it seems like a very basic human principle, it's, it accounts for a lot of the way at least Americans spend their money. And I don't need to tell you that. I know uh, you believe at least that uh, part of human psychology and the way people look at money in this country. Uh, So the very, like the bottom most basic argument for NFTs is I have this and you don't either because you can't afford it or you can't get a hold of it. Uh, And that's just a flex as the kids say nowadays. Uh, but the upward potential becomes uh, when we start talking about the sports card market is why it's more efficient than the sports card market. So first of all, if you want to go ahead and get these sports cards, they have to get graded. Right now there's about a year long wait just to send your cards to go get authenticated and graded uh, at a third party company. Obviously your cards can get damaged. Um, If you have those cards, you have to lock them up in the safe. You have to protect them, things of that nature. Obviously you have to do that with a uh, wallet as well for digital assets, but it's not as if like you have a, a cardboard sports card or whatever you want to call it, uh, and you can just walk around with it without it having risk of being stolen or anything of that nature. So, uh, and the other thing is, is it's impossible to know how many there truly are. So, you know, if there's a thousand, is there 500? With NFTs, it utilizes the blockchain to quantify as well as authenticate ownership. So you know how many there are, you know who owns it, where they purchased it, who they got it from, and it can be transferred much much easier. Uh, It's kind of similar to how the fantasy sports and sports betting industry kind of have sprung up. Uh, That that's where the potential of this goes. So really, where NFTs can get unlocked is if the providers of the NFT can create a community. And that's where they bring together people with similar interests. Uh, And really you have to think about the age we're in with globalization, how people meet and interact with one another. Um, You know, Rob, you wouldn't be an uncle without the internet. You, I believe, you know, uh, at least I'm speaking for myself. The woman I currently date, I met her the internet. Uh, I mean, there's the metaverse is where everything is going. Everything is going digital. Okay. And this is just the next step of it. And that's why I feel like just as a floor, because you know me, even as a gambler, I'm still relatively conservative with what I want to invest in. I think the very absolute floor is it just replaces sports cards. It's the future of sports cards. Where I think it really can take the next level is where it creates community Um, has people interacting, meeting one another, and then it can provide utility. So you get giveaways, backstage passes, uh, certain special things from uh, the athletes, artists, uh, things or people you are fans of. Uh, And obviously you can meet like-minded people who have those similar interests. All right. That's my uh, you know, kind of very basic elementary, not not that I have a mastery of NFTs because my biggest reason I got into NFT, NFTs was just people that I uh, trust and respect that helped me in sports betting and, and fantasy sports. They were throwing money at this and I was like, I don't really need to fully grasp this to at least put some skin in the game. Fast forward six months later, I have way too much skin in the game, um, but have enjoyed a lot of it in what I've learned. But let, let's hear your rebuttal To my uh, well-constructed argument,
0: my baseline is that if non-economic utility can be achieved, and I don't think that that's actually a a straightforward problem to solve. I think it's great that Dapper has maybe a head start in that. They've got a license agreement with the NFL. They're doing things. I'm all pro. I'm all for experimentation and trying to figure this out. if it has a non-economic real utility, like in collectibles, which you could put as a very big, broad category, I don't think that collectibles can survive on their own if the only utility is economic. And I think for the most part, the NFT world is uh, is people trying to get rich and get rich very quickly and trade sardines with one another. That's not to say that it's impossible that a use case like the NFL's Dapper Labs project cannot take off bridge the metaverse in the real world. I think that's possible. I have no idea how to discount the odds or decide if the sale, the initial sale price is even reflective of a, a reasonable probability of reality. So dude, I, I'm, I applaud the vision. I'm guilty if anything of like being too linear of a thinker and not being able to grasp like how big, Things can get and how far trends can go, which is why I prefer kind of like rules-based quantitative investing because it helps me stay invested or catch good trends, yada, yada. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, I'm not going in. The fact that you're going in and that you're interested in it, I think is a good thing.
1: Yeah, and and I'm actually, we're really not on different sides of this. I, I'm, you know, I'm not in on many NFT projects. I stick into the sports uh, NFT space and it's only stuff that I know either that I'm interested in or I'm very certain I can make short-term profit on. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not, as the as the uh, NFT bros like to say, aping into anything that I don't either really enjoy or feel really certain I can make a quick buck on. And even if I am doing that, it's with very small potatoes uh, to try to do that. But I I do think there's a lot of upside here. Um, You know, just thinking about how fans interact with a sport. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that all you had was like a sports team, right? And it was, all right, you went to the game to root on your sports teams. And then they started selling memorabilia, you know, like, oh, you can wear the jersey, you can wear the t shirt. Okay. And then now you can watch them on TV. Right, now you can buy video games with your team. All right, now, So to me, it's just like the next natural progression of interacting, fandom, uh, you know, tribalism, which is at our, our root of being a human of, I am a fan of this team and this is how I'm going to prove it, um, where I think there's a lot of great core concepts to it. If you're thinking about how this ekes out the most dollars and cents, there's obviously going to be... People who are not real fans that are just going to have the money to pay whatever it takes, and you know that's just the cost of doing business in the capitalist society. Uh, you know,
0: are Green it, Bay Packers? Isn't it, what is it called? Ticket rights, season ticket rights? Are those already NFTs? Sort of. Uh,
1: I I know what you're saying because they are technically the owners. Um, yeah, I, I I would equate them. That's a similar concept, at least. Mm-hmm. Where and that's what kind of separates them, right? From because they are "quote unquote" owned by the team, even though uh, you know it's not a it's not a represent- It's more of a representative democracy than a direct democracy. But uh, yeah, exactly. And and that's where it comes back to where it's uh, you know we're entering a, a a day and age where everything is online, everything is digital. Um, you know, even schools becoming online. So think about where you met. Your closest friends, things of that nature. It's like school or work for the vast majority of people, and now that's being transformed onto the metaverse uh, in one phase or another. Um, so, I mean, it's it's highly speculative. Uh, we're not. I'm not putting any retirement money at this, um, but I will say that uh, it's got an asymmetrical upside, meaning it could five x, ten x, fifteen x. Um, but even if that only happens 15 20 30% of the time, that's still an expected value uh, bet that I'm willing to make. And for example, the only NFT that I've really put a lot of money in was NBA Top Shot, which I'm a believer of. I like what they're doing and, and I believe in Dapper Labs and I, I will invest in this next project. Um, but this, the only other one I've invested in is this uh, NFT called The Owner's Club. And it's really just fantasy football. Where you buy a pack of these cards and you can just play the cards uh, in weekly tournaments and you win money f- from them, but you're interacting with other um, idiots online that are interested in that. You trade cards with them and you give advice for your real fantasy football teams and stuff like that. And and really, that's where I see the and and I've heard from people like who are really early at NBA Top Shot. They say that's the biggest thing they've ever gotten out of. NBA Top Shot. Now those people um, should have made at least six or seven figures. So if they're being completely honest with you, they would probably say that would be the biggest thing they've gotten out of NBA Top Shot. But That's a tipping
0: point for me, man. Whether it's the primary driver of a collectible is economic versus actual utility, you're telling a real utility story. If that can happen, I'm with it. If it can't happen, if it's too hard, if it doesn't work, that's where I think it's supply Beanie Babies
1: yeah but I, I don't think it has to be mutually exclusive. I think if its core is utility based and just like anything else the p- people who have the God you know that can make the Godfather offers for it they're gonna come in and maybe it dilutes the experience but I mean that's that's fandom in a nutshell. I mean that's the people who get courtside seats that can afford it and it's like you know, it, it, it kind of sucks for the diehard who can't even afford going to bleacher seats, stuff of that nature. The, do you see at all where I'm trying to connect with that?
0: No, no, because you're going back to like utility based is good. Like you, to me, utility based is the requirement. I just have, I think, a higher uh, a higher like level of doubt that the utility will be realized. The examples that you laid out mm, will come right. to fruition and actually affect the IRL or whatever on your phone fan experience. I think that's like a harder problem than, but I mean, can Dapper do it? They just, I'm sure they're going to raise a ton of money and like get all the rights that they need from the players associations from the league. Like, do they have a great shot? I think better than anyone, any other idea I've heard.
1: What do you think Dapper Labs is uh, evaluated at?
0: Uh, what's the GDP of the Earth? It's it's a ten, it's a ten times that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's about seven and a half billion dollars is what it's been valued at.
0: Thank you, Vancouver.
1: <laughs> yes, that'll get you about uh, an eight hundred square foot apartment in <laughs> Vancouver. <laughs> yeah uh oh but okay i don't want rob's head to explode uh no more nft talk thank you for for engaging in that debate with me uh if you have any questions about nfts big little or small i can try to answer them i am not the most knowledgeable at them uh i just like to gamble and speculative assets are fun until they go to absolute zero Mm -hmm. um so what could go wrong Uh, But last week, Rob did uh, promise some fantasy football talk, so I will uh, talk briefly about that. Uh, Just some basic fantasy football principles. Uh, Please remind yourself now that we do not draft kickers or defenses in season long. Uh, I think people who drafted the Washington football team's defense, Tampa Bay Buccaneers' defense, um, the Kansas City Chiefs kicker, some people of that nature in the eighth or ninth round. Uh, the only reason they haven't dropped them is because of the sunk cost they have there. Uh, but the opportunity cost, and even when these guys do pan out, the opportunity cost where you could have drafted people like Mike Williams or Brandon Cooks or Justin Herbert, things of that nature, uh, who are essentially league winners right now. They they are essentially on they are the players who are on the most common. Uh, teams in first place or with the best records in their league. Um, so I think this is a really, I mean, it's something that everyone that's done fantasy football and they take it seriously, understand this concept. Um, but I think it's easiest now when you see stuff like the Washington football team, who is the first, if not the first, at least the top three defense in almost any fantasy draft. Uh, they're dropped in half the leagues, I am in mean, just because they've been so bad. Uh, defense is extremely noisy uh, year to year. It's also very matchup dependent. Uh, so just, just remind yourself of that. Uh, a couple of buy low, sell high type people. Uh, I think Saquon Barkley um, is not a full buy low, but the uh, first two weeks had t- bad matchups, kind of was coming back from injury. Week three got a lot of work in the running back position. The only caveat with them is the Giants are 0-3 and they could very easily be Uh, 3-14 this year, 4-13, something of that nature. So they might rest Saquon down the line. Uh, But I would definitely send some feelers out to the Saquon owners in your league. TJ Hawkinson saw a ridiculous amount of catches and targets the first two weeks, uh, but was shut down last week from the Ravens' defense. Uh, Really, the Lions have no other pass catchers or playmakers. Uh, So I would go ahead and try to aggressively get TJ Hawkinson if you can do that right now. And then Christian McCaffrey uh, had a hamstring injury came out early of the Thursday night game last week. If you're two or one or three or O oh, uh, I would go ahead and try to get Christian McCaffrey uh, at a discount, especially if the guy who a uh, guy or, or girl owns Christian McCaffrey is one and two or O oh and three. So they are kind of in a bind right now, Christian McCaffrey is going to miss this week and most likely next week, but he wasn't put on injured reserve and injured reserve is a minimum of three games. Uh, so he's most likely going to come back in two to three games, might be longer, uh, but that's the type of upside you're looking for uh, to win the league. And if you think how your your leagues are, are um, you know the prizes are awarded, you know it's usually around seventy to eighty percent at first place, uh, either twenty or fifteen percent second place, and either zero to 5 to 10% at third place and everything else is 0%. So you should be aiming everything you can to be at the very top of that. Uh, believe it or not, Rob, you actually, I think, won a fantasy basketball league or two, and, and you can attest to that payout structure. But you are going for the first or last uh, mantra when creating these fantasy football teams. Uh, also, Rob, did you check your email? Did you see that you uh, should have gotten an invitation for the Jay and Silent Rob Basketball League?
0: I did not get that yet, but I will check it. I use a my Danilo Gallinari at yahoo.com email for that. So that's not one that I check on the daily.
1: All right. Well, uh, yeah, it's a reminder. First dibs out to everyone who's in the league last year, but uh, if we get some people uh, who don't want to return, we're going to open that up to our lovely listeners. So give either of us a shout. Uh, Rob, somehow – Despite not winning the first six days of the championship week, uh, he was the champion last year. So I need to first make the playoffs and then second uh, take down your throne next year.
0: Come at the king, dude.
1: Yeah. That is utter horse shit. Uh, some other things about fantasy. I know there's some Arizona people that probably have never played DraftKings or FanDuel. Uh, there are two types of games. The first is a cash game. Which, if you do, if you equate it to poker, it's kind of like where you will play with a group of friends, and you can buy in and leave whenever you want. Uh, and really, what you're doing there is you're pri- prioritizing the floors. So you want safer plays. Um, it's either a flat payout, either like the top 50 get paid or the top 100 get paid all the same amount, or it's at least proportional, where maybe first is $10, second is $9, third is $8, and so on. Um, So that's when you're prioritizing uh, floors. You still want to have upside, but floors are way more important. And then there's the tournaments, which is like the million dollar maker and the thing you see DraftKings and FanDuel commercials on where uh, you'll have a, a... big pri- uh, tournament pool with thousands upon thousands of people. And, you know, first place will be a million, second place will be like 200,000. Third place will be 100,000. And then fourth and fifth, you're already getting down to 50, 20,000, 10,000, which obviously are still p- good pl- payouts. But because the payouts are so top heavy, you are going for a first or last um, outcome there. So you want to prioritize things like stacking, which is – Getting quarterbacks and wide receivers from the same teams, uh, tail outcomes. So maybe a game that's supposed to be a shootout, you're predicting it to be lower scoring or vice versa. And you want to also pick leverage. So if there's a really good play, that say is a is a running back that they think is gonna do well, well, maybe picking the wide receiver in that game because everyone's gonna pick that running back, and if you pick the right wide receiver, who is the teammate of the running back everyone's going to pick. And let's say that wide receiver does well. Not only do you do well, but everyone who picked that running back, their teams are going to do poorly. So that gives you leverage. These are extremely, extremely basic strategies. Uh, If you have any questions about that, please uh, reach out to me. I just wanted to mention that since uh, Rob told us about, uh, you know, all the new Arizona listeners as well as, a promising fantasy football talk. So I wanted to just talk briefly about that. Uh, that was before all the NFT news came down. So that obviously got pushed down. Uh, the, you know, this is this is now officially an NFT pod. There, Rob.
0: Do current or prospective new players have the chance to get rugged in daily fantasy by you personally this season?
1: Uh, I mean, like, can challenge me?
0: Yeah. Are you oh kidding?
1: yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm playing on DraftKings. Um, I've been mostly playing via the owner's club on NFT, um, which is taking a lot of my time, uh, and money, mm-hmm. but, uh, I do do DraftKings. I do mostly the showdowns, which I've, uh, last year was my highest ROI, uh, whereas you just pick one game and you pick, um, players just from that one game and you just kind of have to think of the different strategies away or excuse me, the different ways a, a game could go. Uh, and things of that nature. But the most common way is to pick the 1 o'clock games or 10 o'clock at your time, and that's where you pick a lineup of you know six, seven, maybe ten teams, pick a quarterback, running back, receivers. Um, Those I haven't been having too much success on, so if anyone wants to play me and take my money, you can go ahead and do that. But the showdowns I've been doing a little bit better on, there's the standalone Sunday night football games, Monday night football games. Um, But, yeah, if anyone wants to play, uh, my – DK, username is JSAAR33, challenge me. Uh, Unless you are challenging me for thousands of dollars, and then I will back away cowardly. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that's pretty much it on the Fantasy Talk. Uh, Anything before we move to some of the games I like this week, Rob?
0: Hit the games, baby.
1: All right. Uh, Interesting this week. Uh, we have a, a lot of good games. Uh, the Cleveland Browns at the Minnesota Vikings, I think this is two still underrated teams. Uh, it's kind of odd spread with the Browns just being a two-point road favorite. Uh, I really like both of these teams. Browns were impressive last week, shutting down the Justin Fields-led Bears. Uh, and the Minnesota Vikings uh, fell behind early the Seattle Seahawks, but then Hanley came back and beat them. Uh Kirk Cousins for the Vikings has been really playing well. He's been a top five, top six quarterback, both statistically and in real uh, existence. I uh, really kind of want to bet whichever team loses this game, I want to take a futures position on uh, the Cleveland Browns. I still like them to win their division. Really it's them and the Ravens. We talked last week about how to take the Steelers under Uh, Even though I thought they would probably beat the Bengals last week, they actually got destroyed by the Bengals. And now the national media is out uh, for the Steelers. Uh, Pretty much the jig is up. Before last week, their over-under was 8.5 wins. Now this week, it's 6.5 wins. If you haven't gotten on the train and I had preseason and last week, I threw another bet down on it. uh, I I would take 6.5. I'm personally not loading up anymore just because there is a trade deadline just in case they trade for a quarterback or some outlier event happens. Uh, but if I didn't have any previous positions, I, I would hop on the 6.5 wins. Um, th- this is just a, a very bad team in Pittsburgh. Another good game, Kansas City at Philadelphia. I actually like this game to bet on. Uh, I'll be teasing down Kansas City uh, from their 7 to a minus 1. Uh, Philadelphia had a really poor performance on Monday Night Football and that's not really a, a situation I usually like to bet against a team that looked really terrible on national television. This is more about Kansas City than it is Philadelphia. Um, Kansas City losing two straight games. Andy Reid, the former coach of the Philadelphia Eagles returning with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, hate to get too narrativey, but they really can't afford to lose this game as the other three teams in the division are 3 and 0 or 2 and 1, the Chargers who beat Kansas City. Uh, so I, I'll be teasing that game down. I think you can also take a minus seven there uh, as the Chiefs are, are sure to put up some points this week in gorgeous Philadelphia. Uh, one of the games of the week, Arizona traveling to beautiful Los Angeles uh, Rams are a four and a half point favorite against the Cardinals total is the highest of the week at 40 or excuse me, 54 and a half. Uh, I think this is going to be a great game. One of Tons of NFC West showdowns on the year. Uh, if I had to bet this, I would take Rams minus four and a half. Uh, but the Rams kind of at their highest valuation right now, uh, just being the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week, a, a game where I thought Tampa Bay was going to beat Los Angeles, but Los Angeles was clearly the better team. Uh, I, I'm not going to bet that game, but if I was forced to, I would take Rams minus four and a half. Another really good... Uh, NFC West showdown, Seattle visiting the San Francisco 49ers. Niners a two-and-a-half to three-point favorite, depending where you're shopping. Uh, Seattle's defense is, is a real issue, uh, so I think there'll be a lot of points scored in this game. I think 52, taking the total over 52 could be a, a good bet. Uh, I am not looking to make a play on that, but that is definitely a game I'm going to watch. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens traveling to the undefeated Denver Broncos. This is a game I will be betting the Baltimore Ravens. I'm waiting to try to get the Baltimore Ravens as a one or one and a half point underdog so I can tease them up to seven and a half. Uh, but if I don't get there, I will take Baltimore uh, as a pick them preseason. This was a three to three and a half point spread for Baltimore. I don't think enough has changed between Baltimore and Denver uh, for three and a half, three to three and a half point change. Uh, Denver is undefeated, but they've played, I believe, Three winless teams. Uh, Baltimore is 2-1. Could very easily be 3-0. They could also very easily be 0-3, uh, but Baltimore has a better quarterback, better uh, a better coaching uh, matchup. Even though Denver's coaching is pretty good, I just love the organization of the Ravens. Uh, and they also got really lucky last week. Did you see Justin Tucker's kick by any chance, Rob? I know you're a Detroit Lions fan. There was another magical game in Detroit this week.
0: I did see the kick uh pretty you know it's tough for my Detroit boys put it that way
1: absolutely absolutely um this is very narrative and you should not throw money based on this but uh, a lot of times like in the March madness uh, if a team wins on a buzzer beater uh they kind of they're playing with like house bunny the next week um that really has no, that shouldn't sway any of your decision making there but uh The main thing is is I I just believe in the Ravens coaching and organization uh, and they have a better quarterback and I think overall a better team uh, despite playing in the altitude in beautiful Denver, Colorado. Uh, Two other really good games of the week. We have the Sunday night game. Your boy Chris Collinsworth will be hosting uh, in New England. Tom Brady plays Bill Chick in the New England Patriots. We might even get Rob to watch this game. This is high drama. Uh, Buccaneers losing a, a big showdown last week against the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, going back across the country, visiting beautiful New England and seeing if he can slay the dragon of the old coach. Uh, I still am a big believer in the Buccaneers and uh, the Patriots' offense. Just lost probably its best offensive weapon in James White. I don't know if that says more about their uh, more about James White or just the lack of playmakers. Uh, but starting a rookie quarterback against Tom Brady off a loss – um, I, I like the puck, Buccaneers tease down here, um, and I know this is a really square teaser play to tease the two teams that were in the Super Bowl last year, the Chiefs and the Buccaneers, uh, but I will be playing that this week uh, as I, I just have a hard time seeing how the Patriots are going to beat the Bucs, but uh, stranger things have happened than uh, a team coming to Foxborough and being upset. And then finally, we have the Las Vegas Raiders visiting the Los Angeles Chargers, even though most likely be a home game for the Raiders, given their presence in Southern California and all of California. Uh, Chargers were a team I've talked about. I like a lot. Uh, They're three and a half point favorites at a total of 52 and a half. Given the lack of home field advantage, that spread is just too high, but I cannot take the Raiders in this situation. Uh, I think it's going to be a really high scoring game. going to be a really fun watch. Uh, but I will not be betting it. So uh, bets for the week. I like the Ravens at uh, either plus money or, or pick them. Uh, if we can get them teased up, that'd be great. If not, we'll just take them there. Uh, I like the Buccaneers and the Chiefs teased down. Uh, and any other picks, just follow me on Twitter or, or uh, text me, interact with me, and I'll, I'll tell you any updated ones. Last week I think I had the Bills and the Falcons teased up. That one won. Um but, but yeah, Rob, anything before we uh, we get out?
0: Nope, all good. Another great week of football. Uh, everybody sign up for Fantasy Basketball so you can watch me slowly uh, defeat Jay in mind, body, and spirit at Fantasy Basketball.
1: Sounds good, Rob. Don't forget your survivor pick.
0: Thanks, bro.